Everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Scallywag Magoo. Scallywag Magoo. Sitting in for Vanny Van Raghead. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're in trouble. That's Vanessa Ragland. Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we have a very fun episode today with a great actress and voice actress. She's yes. got a great living. The one-two punch. That's right. Lori Allen. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. There's a little bit of housekeeping. Um, if you like the show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. You click the fifth star, and then you go straight on till morning. That's right. <laughs> you can also email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read them all. We'll write you back. Guest suggestions welcome if you just want to say hi and stuff. And we've got some announcements coming up, but we're not going to do this episode. Um, yeah, some things are happening. But uh, let's see. What else? Uh, hey, we have a great sponsor. We do. We do have an amazing sponsor. And last time, I couldn't vouch as much, but this time, I'm, I'm about to vouch, y'all. That's right. Mac Weldon. Uh, it's a great online supplier of high-quality under-things. Men's hosiery. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you've probably noticed them popping up on your Facebook feeds, things like that. Um, but uh, I actually clicked on them on a whim because I was like, all right, let's play a Mac Weldon. <laughs> and uh, they guarantee your first pair of underwear if you buy them. If you don't like them, they'll refund your money. So I was like, all right, what have I got to lose? So I bought a pair, and I loved them. They were the softest, greatest things in the world. So then I actually went back and bought uh, like a big three-pack of them. Uh, and then uh, they started sponsoring the podcast, which yeah. is amazing. We're so excited. And then last episode, I was just excited because Cole was so excited about underwear. <laughs> and that was right. sort of delightful. But then John, my husband, got some. And let me tell you, ow, chicka, wow, wow. He got one of every um, cut. Yeah. And they look so good. They're pretty nice. They like are just like a real good looking underwear, not like a frou-frou, just like manly and hot. I mean, I don't know. They're doing all the right things for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're really comfortable. They breathe really well. They're like, you know, they're stretchy and nice. They present well. That's right. And yes, they do frame your junk accordingly. As a lady who loves a eyeball full of junk. And also I don't they, actually love it. And I did win these. There you go. Oh, and also, I tried a, a pair of the silver underwear, which are a little more expensive. But they uh, have some sort of technology that they're super odor absorbent. But they're also like, <laughs> I don't know. That's something I've been sold. But, uh, <laughs> so I, it was recommended that I use those for when I play softball. And I tried yeah. that the other night. And it's amazing. Really? <laughs> it's, it's worth it. So if you play sports, buy a pair or two of those. Use those as your under things for that. special underwear technology. We've got right. underwear scientists working around the <laughs> around clock. Around the clock. We do have, uh, they also have socks and undershirts and things like yeah, that those as are well. Nice too. Yep. John got some socks. They look real good. They're very soft. There um, are options. That's what we're saying. Options. So if you guys want to go ahead and give them a look, uh, you can use the code POPMY, P-O-P-M-Y, and you will receive 20% what? off of your first order. Yeah, uh, so get your Mac on with Mac Weldon. There you go. You be the Mac Daddy with Mac Weldon. This is why they pay you the no bucks. Right, right. Uh, just go to <laughs> MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Use PopMy. I'll get 20% off. It'll mm. help uh, show him and everybody at Mac Weldon uh, that uh, you guys listen. And, and listen to this. Mac, well done. Right. I'll give you some points That was that. a good one. That's okay. pretty good. That's, that's a pretty good one. So thank you, Mac Walden, once again for sponsoring us. And uh, guys, seriously, go check it out. Just take a chance on one pair of and underwear. Ladies, get see your man you like a it. little something. Pop him in those panties and see what happens <laughs> next. There you go. Uh, so thank you, guys. And uh, we do have some shout-outs. If you donate to the podcast, um, we will give you a shout-out on a future episode. We're going to do this next episode. We yes. have a couple um, that we'll do. We'll take we care of next episode. We have big thank yous for a few people. Thank you guys so much. You know who you are. You're the best. You really made our day. But we'll give you more uh, intimate time on our next episode. Yep. There's a donate button on our website. Popmyculturepodcast.com. Every little bit helps. We use it towards the cost to do this thing. And jewelry. And extravagant <laughs> jewelry. And bottles of water. Uh, you know, we're rocking Kirkland right now with yeah. the Costco brand. Brand, but your donations could get it up to uh, Fiji. Fiji or Aquafina. Or maybe Smart that, um, maybe what's that new ionized water? That's big. I don't know. It's very cool. Right. I don't think we can afford it. No, not at this point. <laughs> but thank you guys for your donations. They really do help. And we'll yes, give you a shout you. out on the next episode. Well, um, I think we've uh, we've chatted enough. Let's oh, get to the episode. I agree more. I know, right? All right, here we go. Yeah. 
Our guest today, while well, she's uh, she's an actress and uh, a voiceover actress, she's done a ton, a ton of things. You know her from things like SpongeBob SquarePants, Fantastic Four, Family Guy, the Metal Gear video games, tons of other stuff. Solid. Yeah, Lori yeah. Allen is here. Hi, Lori. Also got ah. cheekbones to die for, honey. Oh wow, thank you. You're welcome. You I was waiting my mom for that. On the air to say it, I wanted to say it immediately, but I was like, would someone really me. die for cheekbones though? I feel like uh, in this yeah. town, I oh guess, my gosh, you know where we are, Hollywood. You, you could say, buy maybe. cheekbones. You could buy jaw implants. You oh. could buy, you could buy a lot of things. You can buy, you could buy a you new buy butt. Happiness. You can buy happiness. Yeah, you could buy a new butt. You can buy happiness. There's you could a probably big, buy a new soul. Uh, right. Thing on mm, La Brea. That's like a big butt. Butt implant. Uh, I buy bulletin. a new butt, and I cannot lie. <laughs> you could very, buy anything very, very, in this town. Nice. Is it just called new butts? New butts, yeah. <laughs> new butts on the bread. <laughs> but it's with a Z, so that's how, they, <laughs> yeah. that's how they class it up. The new bit. is with a Z. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> News well, butts? Thanks for having me. I, get, I think I could thank my mom for that. She's got great skin. I does think. She? Yeah, and she does, does that sheer minerals or whatever that's oh, called. Oh, yeah. And I was like, she's going backwards in time. I'm like, she's, thank God, knock on wood, she's a lung cancer survivor. And every time I like do a FaceTime with her, I'm like, Mom, even the chemo, like your skin looks amazing. She's like, oh, stop. No, no. No, no, no. But I was like, her skin looks amazing. Oh. And you know how that's it's. My mom has gorgeous skin mm-hmm. and she covers her face in Vaseline every night. See? That old school. My I mean, mom used Abilene in. or Albaline or was that what that's oh, yeah, called? Yeah. yeah. That old school stuff works. Yeah, it's like, it sounds like it shouldn't. And everyone's like, oh, that's going to clog you up. Well, look at the proof. The right? proof is in the beautiful, beautiful pudding. Problem yeah, your is skin really is really slippery yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> she wakes up and she's a little slidey. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. She falls out of bed. Yeah, so that happens. Oh. Well, let's start with one of our favorite things to talk about mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about in quite a while because he's been rather well behaved, yep. but not now. Uh, just, he's not bad now. Not bad, but Justin Bieber. Um, Have you heard of him? Um, I th- I'm a little familiar with that yeah. piece of shit. shit. What? <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Uh, well, that piece of shit gave an interview recently where um, he says he wants to live like Jesus. Did you read about this at oh, all? Oh, for Christ's sake. No, I didn't. So, so yeah, go ahead. chock full of sound bits, it of is. course. Um, but he, he said, like, you know, honestly, all he wants to do now is live like Jesus. Don't take it in a weird way. Just Jesus was like a really cool, kind guy. And then he goes on to say he's not religious at all. And then he finishes it off by saying, but, like, Jesus is the ultimate healer. Hmm. He's, it, it sounds like he wants to do some damage control on all of the stuff yes. that he's been dealing with. And it's also like, do some Reiki. I don't know. Maybe he also wants to come out of the closet because my big theory is that Jesus was Jewish. I mean, J- Jesus I was Jewish. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> let me take that back. Jesus was Jewish and gay because he walked around in, like, sandals with long hair and was like, <laughs> hey, everybody. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, maybe Justin Bieber wants to come out of the closet. He's doing it very delicately. What he's doing is he's pulling Alanis Morissette. Like, think about it. Her first album, Jagged Little Pill, was like, ma'am, about everything, and it was upset. And then the second album was like, thank you, India. And then she was like a spiritual journey. So she's like following that. Wow. Yeah, he's about to do some Hare Krishna. He's about to maybe start a cult. I don't know. But he also had the beautiful quote that not everybody that goes to church is Christian, just like not everybody that goes to Taco Bell is a taco. Exactly. And that's very funny. And also maybe with the Pope's visit, maybe he was, you know, has some special powers. And, you know, the Pope did say, like, not everybody has to believe in God. And I think all the Catholics were like, <gasps> what? <laughs> you know, and he spoke out about animals and Jews and gays. And I was like, oh, snap. Um, I have a good Alanis Morissette story. Do I just remember that. Yeah. When she first came to... Um, to Los Angeles, uh, a friend of mine who worked at Hanna-Barbera at the time knew her from Canada, and she, uh, my, the house that I lived in for like 17 years at the time, this really cool little funky bungalow um, by the Hollywood Bowl, had like a little guest house in it, and she was like, oh, I have a really cool like singer friend, she's really shy, really, really shy, but when she gets up and performs, her voice is like outrageous, and she needs a place to live. So I met with her, and she was like, oh, you know what? She's like, this place is beautiful. It's really quiet. She's like, but when I sing and stuff, when I practice, it's really kind of loud. So I'm wondering, because the neighbors are probably a little too close. She's like, I didn't, I didn't, I thought it was maybe more, you know, separate from the main house. And sure enough, literally the next month was, you are the Are you And serious? I was like, holy fuck, no wonder she needed a separate away guest house. <laughs> and we remained friends for a while, and then oh, wow. I lost touch with her, yeah. Oh, she's, when I follow her on Twitter, I'm like, you are amazing. Like, I'm like, it's like, it's like going to church and talk about spiritual. She's, and she's all I have to funny. do is look at her Twitter feed. She's amazing. She is very funny. I mean, she did, like, was it a few years ago that Nicki Minaj cover? Or <clears throat> am I right about that? Uh, 
She covered Maybe. something. Oh no, it was Fergie. Yeah, she, she covered Fergie. Good oh, okay, find right. herself. Yeah, it's and, Fergie. Um, it was like so good. My humps. That's what she did. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. This woman is very. Excited. A friend of mine who was a comic in San Francisco. I won't drop his name here, but he did a set once. And, oh, drop uh, it. You can just pick it up. You can just pick it up. It's not like a huge name or anything. I just don't want to like. For some reason, you might want to forget this. But he did a set, and Alanis Morissette was there. And then afterwards, she came up and said, "Hey, I really enjoyed your set. It was great." And he went, "Well, you ought to know." Oh, <laughs> which she did not think was funny. But I mean, <laughs> she was like, uh huh. And, and then, then she went on to do her Alanis Morissette set. Get it? I Sets. got it. Okay, the door you guys is right need, over you there. guys are a team for a reason. Yeah, right. I get it. You guys are cute. Uh, thanks. You're cute. Yeah, yeah, Look at you yeah. all cute and blushing and. All goo goo eyes. You guys just can't see it, but it's true. It's true. Buddies. Just, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's uh, not talk about Justin Bieber anymore because um, we don't need to. Uh, so they He's just weird announced. Dad. So they're doing Grease Live on <gasps> Fox. Oh, I am Rizzo. I want, I've always been a Rizzo. Have Rizzo's you played Rizzo? Part. Yes, of so course. So have I. Of course. You and I have been. I got played like a B, B Arthur, any B Arthur role or Rizzo were yeah. like. A woman, never of an ingenue, yeah. and and of yeah. a lovely deep voice that you have. Like yeah. you have a fabulous voice. Like we never play the ingenue. But sorry, back to your. Well, they're doing question. it. They're going to do it live on Fox in January. So and it's the next. It's in the following string of the string of like the sound of music with Carrie Dead Eyes Underwood and. Um, <laughs> sorry, I started calling. So rude. Oh, God, it's so true. And I was I uh, bash those live musicals, but I take I will eat those words now if it's Greece. <gasps> but right. the so they're doing that. Maybe. The yeah, who is the casting? So. They just We're not Rizzo, an first to of it. all. For, uh, Julianne Huff is Sandy. Uh, Aaron Tavitz uh, is Danny. Who's that? I think he was in Les Mis. I could okay. Be wrong no, that. but she screwed up her gorgeous face, and that pisses me off. It's like, she, like she needed to fuck with her face. That makes me angry, because I'm a, a big fan of her talent, but now not her face. I'm sorry, go ahead. With Vanessa the casting. Hudgens is Rizzo. I really don't. There are worse things they could do. How, how about get Stalker Channing for real? That yeah. makes me mad. She could still do it. Damn. Do you she wife, just keeps funking out. Have you ever watched Good Wife? I have not. I'm the only person that hasn't watched Good no, Wife. I not. A lot of people haven't. I'm and I like Juliana Margulies. Like I loved her from ER. Oh, I was. I never missed you an episode gotta, of that. If you have a time to like sink into a show. I need to binge Ooh. watch that. And I don't even like procedurals. I don't like any of the things that you would describe it as. So in, but the casting is great, and Stucker Channing is on it sometimes, and she's she so is, good. yeah. And I'm obsessed with Christine Baranski because I like oh, to I like God. to fancy myself as her. I pretend that I'm her, yeah, but I'm I clearly not. Well, not that clearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> who else is in the Grease cast? Uh, Carlos Penavega is Kaniki. Kiki Palmer is Marty. They just announced Carly Rae Jepsen will be playing Frenchie. And it's like teeny booples. And Come Ken- on, it's Heather making Donahue, my... who's from You're the Worst, is playing Jan. It's That's... making my musical theater heart just. Just, just break a little bit inside. Get musical theater people to do musical theater stuff. Yeah, and it's it not makes that me hard mad because there's a lot of them. And yeah, this is, how about I mean, my friend Leslie Margarita as as my dear friend Leslie Margarita who just like started Matilda. Now she's a dames at sea. Like have people that sing musicals. Well, usually what they do is like at least what they did with Sound of Music is like yeah they did Carrie Underwood but Audra McDonald was in it. Like yes, they, exactly. They, they pepper the rest of it. Adina like Menzel or her. Like, yeah. They, Pepper it with Broadway people. This one, because it's Fox or whatever, it feels like there's just a massive ratings oh, grab. Oh, were the other ones not Fox? They were not Fox. Oh. Or how about um, Lori Allen and Mary Bird song? We're Broadway singer people. Oh, wait, how about guys, that? I've been watching your 15-second uh, Shakespeare thing that's been going on. It's very fun. I don't know if anybody has seen this. Is the hashtag 15-second Shakespeare? The hashtag is 15-second Shakespeare, and the money that you should donate goes to the British Red Cross to save all the, you know, not to save, but to donate money to the horrible refugee issue that's going yeah. On in Syria for them fleeing to like every country, especially Hungary, and that's upsetting to me because my handyman, who I love very much, is in Hungary, and they're the ones building up all the walls, oh. which is terrible. Yeah. But the 15-minute Shakespeare is to use any song, and so I pick Gloria Gaynor. I will survive. It's very good, but you can see tons nice. of great comedians and actors doing 15 seconds in the style of Shakespeare, but usually like a very inappropriate song. And what would you do? Um, I don't. First, know. I was afraid. I was petrified. I'd I kept thinking I could Nelly? never live without you by my side. I don't know getting hot in here so take off all your clothes that's right yeah. and what would you do maybe i like big butts mm. but i, I cannot lie and let me begin i came to win battle me that's a sin <laughs> he 
was ready. I don't know. I just thought of the rest. <laughs> Love it. That would be House of Pain Jump Around. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing, though. I am enjoying that a lot. Yeah, it's so fun. There's, like, really, once I, I kind of fell through the rabbit hole, I think because of Mary Bird songs that she posted, and then I just started looking, and so many character actors are doing them, and they're so good. Phil Lamar did a really funny one. Um, but it's just, like, people... Try to play around and the whole crew will act up. Get up, stand up, come on. Come on, throw your hands up. He's ready. If you've got the feeling, jump up towards the ceiling. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. I love it. I know I challenge Mary. She's one of my best friends from NYU, which is, I don't know how that's possible that we've known each other almost 30 years because we're 27. Oh, wow. Tisch School of the Arts. Oh, I've heard of the school of Tisch. Tisch School of the Arts, yes. Um, so I challenged her, and I was like, the lady, she was like, I take Dame Laurie Allen's challenge. And then she did something, I can't remember what song she did, but she did it where she was spinning in a circle, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and we were both, like, adamant about actually posting the link so it didn't become, like, you know, the ALS challenge. Everyone was like, I'm doing it just to have, like, a wet T-shirt yeah, contest. Right. <laughs> There's still something involved. It's a charity. Yeah, yeah, make sure you actually donate to the cause. Yeah, that you know. makes sense. Yep. Totally should, people. Oh, yep. I'll put a link in this episode. Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. I like oh, it. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, there we go. Maybe Colin I'll post one, too. But to go back <laughs> to bad things, Grease Live. <laughs> um, yes. It's, yeah, it just does feel like it's just like kind of a teeny bopper cash grab. It's like it's going to get great, huge ratings because they're all going to tune in and stuff. And I guess it's like it's bringing more people into musicals, which I guess is good. But... Yeah, I, I, I have like I was thinking about that last night, and I was thinking about how when I was writing some some notes to you guys, which I didn't do my homework until the last minute, which is typical from like when I was a kid. But I was thinking about how it doesn't. It, they rehearsed it to death. They rehearsed it like um, what's what's the girl who just did Peter Pan. Oh. Um, Brian Williams, yes, <laughs> who I love her acting, and she's got a great voice and everything. And why she had makeup on as Peter Pan, I don't understand. But that's a whole <laughs> other topic. But they rehearsed for months and months, and then yes, Dead Eyes Carrie Underwood, who I love actually as a country singer, she, I think she's singer. amazing, yeah. and she's very charitable, and I love that she gives a lot of money to dogs, and that's a big huge thing to my heart. However, they rehearsed it so much that it's not live. It's, it's yeah. like it's a rehearsed. It's a, like a rehearsed. It's like it may as well be a sitcom. It's like. Yeah, it's like those... Was it ER, one of the first ones to do like our live episode? It's not. It's a special. So yeah. It may as well be a special. Yeah. There's it's no room a, for improv or mistakes. Yeah. yeah, they've done it a bunch. Um, but like, I would have to imagine, though, that even crazy rehearsed, Peter Pan had to be an adventure with Christopher Walken. Like, I, oh, I yeah. Christopher imagine. Walken. You get a few wackos in the bunch, and they're going <laughs> to keep everybody on their toes and right. a little scared and excited. Remember when he was in um, uh, the musical when he played John Travolta's... Uh, oh, what's the... Um, uh, 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 what's the famous? Uh, oh gosh, what was he in with Queen Latifah, John Travolta? It's the musical. It's based on the musical John Waters musical that oh, was made into uh, a Hairspray. movie. Thank you. Oh, and they're supposed job. to be from. I'm from Maryland, so I know the Maryland, you know, East Coast accent. They're right. supposed to be from Baltimore. Uh-huh. And so John Travolta, you know, um, I can't remember the name of the character and the girl who played the the heavy set daughter who was awesome. Um, and Christopher Walken still, I can't do a great Walken accent, but he still talked like Christopher Walken, and he was the only one that could get away with still talking like that. Everyone else had their Baltimore, you know, accent, talking like they were from the East Coast or whatever. That's what you get. Yeah, very <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I, just, I wonder if there's ever been a point in his career where, like, the director's like, that's, okay, that's your line? That's how you're going to read it? Mm-hmm. That's like, a little less Walken. Right. Like, a little less Walken. <laughs> but now he's, more, he's, like, yeah. he's iconic, and, yeah. like, he, it's just hilarious to just... He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, his cadence Oh, that is was good. Amazing. He can do whatever he wants. I'm from Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk like that because I'm from, the, from Maryland, and I'm in a musical. Yeah, he doesn't have to do any, uh, anything else other than that. I don't want to do the words in the script. I'm just going to say what I want. You guys, I'm not going to do one. Um, yeah, mine's not <laughs> great. It's fine. It's passable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully it will be okay. and it will. It's they, they keep getting ready, so they're going to keep doing them, which, yeah. you know, I know Broadway actually had one of its best seasons last year, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, people excited about musicals. I mean, it is kind of like who cares the introduction, because really, if, even if you see a bad show but you are taken by the music, like you do usually follow it up by like, Finding an original cast recording, you know, you kind of get sucked in. So even if it's the worst intro, yeah, there's some shows it. that like the one I always think of is like Chess has some of my favorite <gasps> music ever Nothing in it. Nothing is too good. Last, I'm, I'm not saying the words right. Eternally, because I went to, when I went to Tisch School of the Arts, that it. musical, uh, Chess was really big. I saw Avita. I saw. Oh my gosh, because you could pay like 40 or 50 bucks and have the student rate, which was a lot back then, but you got to yeah. stand. Now it's like $400 to go to the theater. And you're like, how am I supposed to go to the theater? Right. 
when is that expensive? And God forbid you should get a bite to eat beforehand. But I got to see so many musicals on the student rate and be able to go to the theater. It was like incredible. And um, we're looking Carly at pictures Ray of. Carly has tweeted about it. All right. Tell me more. Tell me more. She tweets. Uh, no. uh, tell me less. <laughs> tell me less. Half musical theater people singing musical theater. Right. Anyway. Um, but I, um, what were we talking about? Musical theater. What were we just talking about? What show? Oh, chess. chess yeah. Um, that one duet from that. I mean, the music to that. The music for <sighs> chess is phenomenal. The show itself is really boring, but the music. The music. Is amazing. How? Wait a minute. How could a musical about chess be boring? <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't get it. You're Wasn't crazy. it? But that's good. why, like, they almost oh, so always good. do it in concert. Like, you'll notice that that's one of the shows that all the time they're like chess in concert because they, people want to sing it because mm. it's so amazing. Like, Abba did the music for it. It's really good. But, like, nobody, like, mounts full productions of it very often because Mia. the stuff in between it's kind of dull. So, like, do it in concert. Sing the hell out of it. Yeah. Move on. Speaking of interesting musicals, when I went to New York the last time I was there, um, I can't... What the heck? The Last Ship, the musical that Sting wrote. Oh, right. And I'm obsessed with Sting. And you know how Ooh. out of all of the stuff that we do, like, you know, I rarely get starstruck. Um, and I, he was in the audience because <gasps> it was during previews. And apparently... Um, I was with my old voiceover agent, Michael Raymond, who I love. And so his client was in it, so we got to go for free. And I think he's also on the Tony nominating thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So we got to see a couple shows for free. I was like, that's awesome. And so we went, and um, the girl was telling us that Sting was taking all of them through, like, yoga warm-ups. I was like, of course he does. Oh, I was like, God. is he taking yeah. them through tantric sex warm-ups, you know? Can I get in no, the show? I would, yeah, love I, to be a, I would love to be your assistant for that. Mm-hmm. But he was taking them through vocal warm-ups and, like, yoga warm-ups, and she said that, they, I was like, have you guys all become, like, you know, cult members? And all the women in their, their faces were, you could just tell, they were like, uh. Oh, my God. They were, like, in the best shape of their lives, <laughs> and they sounded amazing. I'm not even hungry yeah. anymore. And he was there. They and stung. Yeah, and the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the music was complicated in the show. The story is very complicated. And the rumor was that his well, his best friend was playing the lead and he sounded like him. And it, it, his voice was the first, his best friend who was the lead was the first one to sing. Um, and he sounded just like him. And of course, Sting has now taken over for that. But but he he was there at the show, and I thought I was going to like pass out or something. And he was taking pictures <laughs> with everyone, and you know to try to get press and stuff yeah. for the for the show. And he was like, "Well, hello, lovely. It's nice to see you." And I was breathing to scotch you? breath, and I thought I was like I literally thought I was like weak in the knees, and I was like <gasps> I was like I, I might have whispered like I love you, or I I will have your. Ch-. I don't know what I said, but I just oh my god. Is that I, the most starstruck you've ever been? Uh, I think so. I, I'm yeah, yeah. I think so. Except for the thought of knowing that I might have met Betty White when she was going to come to an animal event that I just. Oh, I met Betty White. You met Betty White. I worked with her on a, a Animal Planet movie called The Retrievers, like 15 years ago. No. Which she did because it was like about retriever puppies and dogs, and you know she's huge in that. So like, she's yeah. the first real animal advocate activist lady. Yeah, she's amazing. She yeah. told Golden Girl stories uh, unsolicited, oh. but they were great. What were some of her? The one that I only remember is that she's like, well, when we shot Golden Girls, B. Arthur liked it to be a really cold set, like really, (laughs) really, really cold. But Estelle Getty liked it really, really hot. So that poor production assistant had to constantly go back and forth and change the temperature on the set. Very menopausal women. That is a delightful anecdote. That's all I can remember from it. Of course. She liked a lot of Earl Grey tea, but she liked a lot of chamomile. So it was a very hectic set. Paul Rubens, when I did the Pee Wee Herman show, had this. I love Paul. He's a he's a dear friend, and he's he's, he's so good, so amazing. Yeah. That I was quite starstruck. I take that back. Yeah. That was also pretty trippy. Um, but he liked the set at, I think, fifty five degrees, even Whoa. during rehearsals. Yeah, really? I remember. So I went to audition. I think they auditioned like a lot of people who were voice actors and. Because I saw a lot of people at the audition that were voice and then like improv people. Yeah. So I can't, I can't quite, I couldn't quite tell how they put the breakdowns out for the auditions. And so when I went in, it was to cover Miss Yvonne, you know, Mm -hmm. I bowed down to Lynn Murray Stewart, who was Miss Yvonne. And I grew up watching that stuff. You know, everyone else was watching the Brady Bunch and I was like watching Soul Train and Pee Wee Herman. Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
So I remember going in and, and you had to read for like Cherry and the flowers and all those. And the, there was a new character, Ginger the Horse, um, who was Cowboy Curtis's, my dear friend, Phil Lamar's, Phil. Yeah. who played that. And then I just remember having so much fun going to the Goodwill and dressing up as Miss Yvonne. Oh, my gosh. And I walked in and, and I just, I, by accident, I tripped in and then I twirled. And I was <gasps> like, fuck, thank God for those improv classes. And I totally tripped in because I was wearing these ridiculous like platform pink wedgie weird shoes. And I'm really klutzy. And so I tripped in the room. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to have to make some kind of tourjete pirouette out of it. And then I was like, oopsie. And he was like, hello, Miss Yvonne. And I was like, hello, Pee Wee. And then I was like, then I had to do all these characters. And then I, and I looked up and I was like, that's, that's, that's Paul Rubens. Oh my gosh. It's like playing make-believe with the king of make-believe. Right. Yeah, exactly. So exciting. And then the show, the show was him redoing the show that he did at the Roxy from like 1980. Yeah. It used to be an HBO special. I watched it all the time. Oh, you did? Oh yeah. All the time. I'd see. I never saw it, and then we got cast right away. It was in 2009, and so then we had to start rehearsals like right after that Thanksgiving. So the, we got cast like in two weeks. We had to start. And I remember being in this really small rehearsal space, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god! Oh my god! That's him! That's him right there!" And that's John Paragon who does Jombie, and I was just freaked out. I feel so geeked out. Sometimes it's those people from your childhood that really do like knock the wind out of you more. I mean, I remember. I don't usually. I think we get desensitized out here, you know, to meeting people, and everybody is a person. But my big moment was when Rob was on our podcast, Rob Paulson, and he started doing voices like. The voices, I felt so, like, flushed and starstruck by being in the room with those characters. And it, like, takes you back. It's so magical. Yeah. And you must get people like that. I mean, you've gotten to contribute to, like, kids' imaginations with your voiceover work. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I uh, was at a convention signing thing a couple years ago. I was telling this story because John Hamm was just on our I Can Say It no. Now. I just got the okay to be able to say it two days ago. So John Hamm was on SpongeBob with us uh, last week. For our 200th episode, I I couldn't concentrate. (laughs) And they were supposed to be, I think they were going to have Elizabeth Moss. I'm I'm not sure I'm supposed to be able to say this, but by the time it airs, it'll have figured itself out. Um, So he was on as Don Grouper, not Don Draper. Oh, my gosh. And so he has, like, an assistant, and that was supposed to be played by Elizabeth Moss. And so I was just voice tracking her, and doing Pearl. Mm -hmm. So Pearl's in the episode. And then... uh, and then, so they're supposed to have Elizabeth, and then they were like, she can't do it. And I was like, so they're like, well, we'll probably be using you. And I was like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. Oh <laughs> so at some point, it was just me and him in the room, and I was like, I think I'm either having some kind of you know, early menopausal thing. Or I, was just, I literally was like hot and flushed and embarrassed and just... Well, and your eyes probably hurt, right? Because he's so hard on them. Oh, yeah, he's very hard on the eyes. eyes I was just, and I was like, man. he's recently single. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my friend told me that and then all these urban myth things that I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't concentrate. I don't think they're myths, honey. I know I what don't you're think so either. I, I, well, then I got home true. and I looked it all up online and I was like, oh, my God. Well, and I don't there's think... There's photo we sh- evidence. Can we talk about that? I mean, we can just say... He's a very healthy man. He's a very healthy man. And a woman so, should be in good physical shape if she encounters is, him. That's right. And, and I was she like, she would be in a different shape after the. Or a man, you never know. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Come on. My ex used to go commando and was not in that same situation. Yeah, I mean, it's a rare situation. I can't imagine like commando just is frightening to me. Like you need you need support. <laughs> like you need to, things kept in. Place. What are you talking be? about? I'd I used more to, example. <laughs> I used to ask ask my I used to ask my ex. I used to ask my ex. I was like, "How can you go commando like that? Doesn't that freak you out?" And like when you're, you know, uh, you know, and he's like, "Well, I'm not an actor. I'm getting wardrobe, you know, wardrobe fittings or whatever." But thank God I did not know that before we were, you know, at oh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, how could you have? Especially, I hope I'm not going to get fired after this. Yeah. No. Oh. We talked about my crush on John Hamm last episode, and uh, right before you came, one of our listeners just sent us a picture, because I made up a show <clears> where he <throat> moves in with my husband and I, and <laughs> I get to have both of them, and we called the show Ham Sandwich, and she just sent us concept art where I'm like, my butt's being grabbed by John Hamm. Oh, that's right. I feel like it's time that I work on getting John on the show. <laughs> yeah, please. That oh, wait, I'm, make it happen. I forgot to tell what I was saying. I forgot to tell you this. So I was at a convention thingy a couple, a couple years ago, and there's this really adorable, like, I want to say probably six, six-year-old boy, totally toe-headed kid, and he had his twin sisters on either side, and they came up, and his little sisters were, like, table high, 
and I and I said, "Hi guys, how you doing?" And he was like, "Do the pearl, do the well." I'm doing pearl. He's like, "Do the pearl voice," and I was like, "What's your name?" And he's like, "John." And these are my sisters. I don't know, Betty and Boopsy. And I was like, "Hi, John. Hi, Betty and Boopsy. Thanks for coming out." And he was like, "Yeah, Dad. No, that's not her." And they walked away. And the little girl, she had to have been like four, gave me the finger, and I was like, "You know what? You little shit. You little shit." Just for that, I was like, "Hey, you know what? You owe me like thirty bucks now, Dad, just for your kids being rude." And he was like, "F you." And I was like, "F you. Get out of here." Is this real? Yes, and I just thought that was hilarious. Oh but I gosh. do. But that happens too. Like Jess told yeah, that story Jess told when me we had him story on. That's very similar of a guy calling him out. A kid, um, like a, a kid was wearing an Animaniac shirt at a theme park, and he said, "You know, I'm, I'm wacko." And then there's like, "No, you're not." And he's like, "I am. Do the voice." That's not him. That's not like him. Yeah, and for the most part, you know, it, it's it's a it's it's beyond uh, humbling to be able to do that. You know, yeah. I mean, because it's I actually sign my own autographs. Like every, I I try to like. In fact, I just ordered a bunch of really cool new pictures that my dear friend and web designer Jenna puts together for me, and I actually sit down and sign them. Like every six months, I'll just sit down oh. and sign them and send them out. And I have a weird fan base in Czechoslovakia. Who knew? Oh, good. Um, but it's just to know that, like, it'll make somebody so happy. And I yeah. learned from Tom Kinney, like, we always bring people into the studio at Nickelodeon. We'll always do that. And especially, like, if somebody wants a, um, you know, a voicemail, personalized voicemail or something, it's like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that as, like, like I have that for a friend. I'm like, this is Diane Simmons. And clearly, I don't like, I won't say it because it's a famous line from the show and it's racist mm-hmm. from Family Guy. But... If you can't make someone happy with just like the crazy job that I have, like it's 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 well, that's one thing it's I, a pl- I don't it's a get. Pleasure. It's like if you can literally just say something in a tone of voice for ten seconds and it will make someone's day. Why would people? you not want to do yeah. that? Like, right. who is so it's Scrooge with their voice that they're like, "No, kid, go away." Yeah, <laughs> do it's not. Mine. Unless the little girl gives you the finger and yeah. then it. Which well, case, right. yeah, which she's case, a bitch. Okay, yeah, born a bitch and you're gonna be an old bitch. Someday. Right, get on. You're gonna face. be one of those mean girls. <laughs> yeah, she's on her way. She's going to be a bully, and then bullies get bullied. Yeah, by yeah. bigger bullies. That's right. That's where we come in. That's right. <laughs> the ultimate mean girls. Evil women instead of mean girls. Yeah. That's so with your idea. voiceover stuff, when did you, how did you start? How did you get your start in it? My parents, I was telling uh, my dear friend Danny before... Um, we got here that um, my um, my parents are voiceover actors. I grew up in the East Coast, and I grew up in Maryland. And um, my mom and dad met at theater school, which was kind of cool back in the 50s for them to go to theater school at American University. So they oh. were theater majors and radio minors, and then they both went into acting at Arena Stage, which is kind of like... Um, what is that like out here? The equivalent to here in Los Angeles, like the Amundsen or the Geffen, you know, mm-hmm. really high-end, like, you know, resident theater company. And then my dad also went off into doing um, his own advertising agency, and they both did they both did voiceovers. My mom was a booth announcer. She was a theater person. Mm-hmm. And then my dad did his own jingles and voiceovers and uh, commercials, and then he would cast my sister and I. And my mom was, neither one of them ever wanted us to, like, um, do it unless we wanted to to do commercials yeah. and voice, voiceovers and stuff. Voiceovers, voiceovers. I had one cup of coffee and some water this morning, and so um, so it just was like very natural for me to do it. In fact, I think if I'd come home and said I wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor. They would have thought I was crazy and been like, you need to have a, 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 a side job as a tap dancer. That's going to be way more reliable. <laughs> um, so I, I, uh, so it was just, I, they were always encouraging to, to go ahead and do what I wanted to do. Wow. And so that was like, so I did that. I did commercials and voiceover stuff like throughout college. I think my first commercial, I mean, my first voiceover was for Archway Cookies. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, Mr. Archway Man, I love those oatmeal raisins. And now, of course, I'm gluten-free and I can't eat that. Um, so that, and my dad threw us in like some um, giant department store, which is kind of like Target back east or whatever. And then, um, so then I became union gal, and I've always been a big union person. And then, um, and then I remembered like just not wanting to do it and be like a normal kid. Um, Except I was obsessed with this one lady who I did a Tide commercial with. And I was like, she has, I love this woman. And my mom was so pissed because she didn't get cast as my mom. Oh. And she had to come with me to the set and she would like smoke a cigarette and, and be like, God damn it. <laughs> um, I love my other mom. I was like, I love her. My mom was like, all right, all right, fine. We we'll it. stay in touch with her. Um, and then when I went off to school... To Emerson, I went to Emerson first before NYU to School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. And then I remember being like, I wonder if voiceover should be like my day job. And uh, I went home for a weekend, and I was like, Dad, will you put me together a demo? 
And he was like, yeah. So we did a demo, and then I needed some tweaking. Uh, when I went back to New York, and I was dating Mitch Whitfield at the time. The guy was in My Cousin Vinny with Ralph Macchio. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and his mom, Alice Whitfield, I'm forever in her debt. She puts together a great demo. She's a great voiceover teacher. And I only had a day job for like six months. I was spraying perfume on people and doing makeovers at the Chanel counter at Macy's. And... Um, and I did, I did my demo, and I went with Don Buckwell and Associates, and I was the first voice of Lifetime. Whoa. When that, you know, the sort of, I call it While the late. you were still in yeah. school? No, right after school. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So I was probably, what, like 20, how old are you when you graduate college? Like 22? 22-ish. 22-ish, yeah. yeah. So it was like 23-ish. Wow. And it was like, you know, 30-something. It's a, little like, it's a little like life, only with better writers. And I was like so damaged. Like my voice was so damaged from like partying and being like, bleh, at school. And that raspy sound, the whole Demi Moore was like all oh, that yeah. was at the bottom of any speck of any script. And then I was doing the Groundlings East to Gotham City. Um, back there, and I was like, I'm hilarious. I should be doing animation. Um, but they didn't have a lot of animation back in New York at that time. And so that's really how it all started. And then and I, and I was... Here? Yeah, and I was doing any live action that they had there. I was in a lot of commercials. I was really heavy set at the time, so I did my first Accutrim diet pill commercial. And then I did Law and & Order and The Cosby Show and The Jane Curtin Show. That was like all live action wow. that they had. And then I was like, I want to move to Los Angeles. Oh, and also because they were casting In Living Color. And so they had come out like maybe three times or so. And I would have been on the season that Jim Carrey, and like by that time, I think when JLo was dancing and all that stuff, and they'd come out and they'd asked me like four times for tape. And I was like, ah. Oh. So that's why I ended up moving out here. Because they'd seen you at Gotham? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I was like, I want to come out to LA. And that's how it all started. And oh then my I just, gosh, I love it. Yeah. Do you know Chase Winton? Was she yeah. your era? Okay. I don't think so. She was a groundling that came from. Gotham City, but I don't yeah. know the timing exactly. No, but my, like I said, my bestie, Mary Birdsong, and I, like, I yanked her in the room, and they had some posting for it about, um, and I was like, no, we're just going to go in and say we're, like, second or third level, and she was like, we can't do that. I was like, yeah, we can. <laughs> so we just went in and did our, like, shtick. I was like, we're, I'm going to do my Joan Rivers and, like, my Aunt Sylvia and my Liza Minnelli, and we're just going to go in there and fucking do it, and we did. And so the, she was like, oh, yeah, you guys can go right into third level, <gasps> and we were like, oh, oh my gosh, you just saved yourself $1,700, That's honey. right. That's exactly right. And you made it back. That's right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. Charmed so you, life. <laughs> you mentioned that SpongeBob is celebrating 200 episodes, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it sure is. Um, so, when did you? How did you come up with Pearl's voice? What was the process on that? Um, I knew that since she was this really large teenager, that she had to sound large without sounding like she was a special needs child. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, for me, it always helps. For me, and it sounds so like method acting, but it's true. Like I have to, I, if I don't see a picture of the character, I have to like, you know, I really have to like come up with the character in my head. Yeah. And I knew she was, it said she was very girly. I can't, I, I think I saw a picture of her. I'm pretty sure I saw, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw a picture. So I knew she was very feminine and that she was a daddy's girl and that she like went to the mall all the time and she was obsessed with going to the malls. I knew she was very, almost like, like a valley girl, but I knew she was very, very big and that her voice would have to kind of be lower. Mm. And then she was kind of flirty and kind of spoiled, but I just knew she had to have this like weird, deep sounding and she was huge compared to all the other characters. (laughs) So I just kind of tried to put a couple of those factors together and kind of mix them together. And so I just figured she would probably, and I don't know how the laugh came in and that ended up being this weird, like signature, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, especially if she was like kind of, I figured that was the flirty part. Yeah. And then the deep part had to be that. And then the, the cry became the signature because I could see that she had daddy. And then the script always had like a bunch of A's. Mm-hmm. Like when she was like, daddy. <laughs> and so that became that big whale, whale, the wailing yeah. whale of the whale. And um, yeah, so that just kind of all the elements between what I, what I saw and then the character traits. And so I just, I just sort of mixed it together and out, out came that. Was that basically, did you kind of bring her as she is? Does that make sense? Like, did she evolve a lot? while doing it or with casting or anything or did you sort of no it just came out and they were like yep that's her oh that's awesome yeah yeah that's amazing yeah it's so cool that that show's been around as long as it has and it's still relevant and great and like the movie movie finally came out like yeah, <laughs> yeah. so well, many they years do later fun casting stuff i mean it's a really it's so fun I it is it. and i and and one of the things uh that's so cool now is that tom kinney is directing which is so awesome. Awesome. awesome on season i think it's season yeah. nine 
And so we've been around for what six? Oh my God, sixteen years or something. How's I mean, that I possible feel, if you're only twenty-one? <laughs> it's crazy. But I feel really. I mean, I feel really, really lucky. Like I just, I feel absolutely blessed. Is is an understatement. I mean, just, just extraordinarily blessed. I could. I'm gonna get on my knees and pray. I'm going to pray and preach. Well, even if you um, go to Taco Bell, honey, you're not a taco, okay? Yeah. So you just watch right. what you do. Um, and, the, and there's some... Uh, so so Stephen Hillenberg, the original creator, is back in on the show, which is very cool. I mean, oh, back wow. in the records, and he just is sitting there smiling, and he's such a lovely, sweet, wonderful gentleman. Um, and then there's two new guys that have been writing for a while, but they are they were on um, South Park, and they're in the room as the story as the showrunners. And there, so the shows are just the episodes are crazy. I'm so my character's back a lot, which is just really cool and such a just so great to be back all the time. And so the, Paul Tibbetts, who's, who has been in the room for forever as the, as the showrunner, is now back um, at Paramount to be able to do the next movie. Ooh, nice. so that's cool. Oh, that's so cool. So crazy like and it just half of these cartoons if you just think about really think about like how they can like i just wonder how he conceptualized this did he drop peyote and then he was like yeah. it's about a sponge he's a pineapple that's where he lives and it's under the water like the the plots are so ridiculous but yet it's such an amazing world that they create and so and many great characters like, and immediately just like, like yeah that's right, what it is that's what it is yeah and it's so good i'm so it's so amazing yeah you have to read from. up on how he came up with it because it's so trippy it's so trippy. I just read an article yesterday about why they think the whole reason why um, somebody sent it to me uh, about why they think that the reason because um, everyone always asks me like if, how is if your dad's a crab and you're not a and you're a, a whale oh I read and a I'm whole, like like a conspiracy theory and it, I just read it last night yeah I read it this week too and I was like oh my gosh people have so much time this <laughs> like this long thing right all right. Uh, yeah, a conspiracy theory about why everything and because uh, a dead the carcass of a dead whale makes everything stay at the bottom of the ocean, and that's why we don't float up. And I was like, oh, good God, people have way too much time on their hands. But I'll go with that. And then sure. people are commenting, but try to explain like, that to oh, the children. Yeah, it didn't make sense at first, but now, and it's like, really? What? You were following? What? <laughs> huh? So you also you've done a lot of video game voiceover stuff too with the boss, especially. What? How is that a different session from doing your TV stuff? Oh, it's so different. Well, first of all, SpongeBob in particular, we're in there together, which is a joy. Like this kid show that I just did too, Huggle Monsters is great. Tom actually, Tom Kinney played my husband. I knew this very low voice who played Dado, and I played like this very Goldie Hawn, a character named Mama. Very dingy kind of, you know, Earth Mommy. Mm -hmm. Um, We played Monsters, so that was kind of fun, Huggle Monsters. so it's always great to work with him and Cree Summer and Gray Delisle and Tara Strong and Rob Paulson was on that show. Um, And then, uh, but when you're doing a video game, most likely you're in there A, by yourself. Right. Um, And it's, it's just, it's a grueling session. It's a grueling session because you have a lot of you know, battle stuff, and the acting is very intense because you're, the, you know, the stakes. The stakes in animation are high as well. In the video games, they're literally life and death. Yeah, and it may sound very dramatic, but it's true, right? They're they're just really intense. So yeah. you're always in there by yourself. Um, that's not true. Sometimes you're in there with an other actor. I take that back. I was in with David Hayter and Vanessa Williams. Uh, Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Marshall. Save the best for last. No, uh, <laughs> Vanessa Marshall, and. Um, but the but the but the sessions themselves are hours long and pages you have like seven eight hundred lines, Ooh. and when you get to the battle stuff for anybody that doesn't know, you put all that stuff towards the end of the session so you don't completely blow, blow your blow voice, voice out. out yeah. In fact, we're about to we're in the middle of negotiations for the interactive games mm-hmm. right now, and I can say this publicly, which is that they are not wanting to offer us any compensation for when uh, for residuals, which is a really tricky thing because we have residuals in all of our other yeah. mediums, right? right? For producers, creators, actors, for our reruns of, and you guys obviously know this too, um, and they're not willing to share in their, you know, uh, any of their profits. Um, and there's a lot of vocal stress that goes on with that. And they're not willing to let us know uh, beforehand, you know, what's going on. Like, you know, if I'm having a musical audition, back to the musical theater topic, right, I would want to know if I'm having a musical audition because I would warm up. Right. right. I would want to know if I'm having a very physical, funny comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I had a goofy, silly sitcom audition where I'm supposed to do a pratfall, I would physically warm up, you know, and yeah. I would want to know if I had a really, really physical, a vocally taxing um, interactive game audition because you literally probably would have to book out the next day or even yeah, sometimes the whole day. Right. right. 
you know, especially yeah, if you've like, got the, uh, ah, uh, boo, ah, you've and then got, you're like, supposed death to go screams. do your, like, right. Goldie Hawn. And the then next you're supposed day? to do yeah. that, and then you kind of, like, that voice is very easy to do. But even Pearl is sometimes, like, she's, when she's like, Daddy, that's yeah. kind of screaming and stuff like that. That's actually something that my voice is used to, but I don't have those kind of vocal cords to steal. Like, I wish yeah. I did, like some other voice actor friends of mine, but after the screaming stuff, it's really hard. Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. doing a full day and then ending with some throat rippers that mm. just kill you. Like, because yeah. Maurice LaMarche has told you know, like, just doing like Yosemite Sam. Like, oh yeah, I gotta imagine in four minutes you're kind of done mm-hmm. doing this the entire time. Yeah. It's like gotta. Oh. Kill yeah, and you. it's also down on your chords. I mean, I because yeah. now I coach and do people's demos, and I always say, don't ever do a voice that you would never be able to replicate for four hours. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So, like, I remember I auditioned for something, and you get carried away in the moment. And I did something where I had to play this, like, cool lesbian. And I was like, yeah, for the show call, I can't remember the name. Oh, my God, Alan Brock is going to kill me. Uh, uh, you go. Larry and, St- Larry and Steve was the pre-family guy. Um, Rick and Steve, the happiest gay couple in all the world that aired on Logo. It was a fabulous gay channel. And... Um, and then I was like, hold on. I said, would this work for you guys if I did it right on the mic instead of like, eh. And I just did her kind of right on the mic right there. And so then I was able to You're change able to it so it. Yeah. that I could do it that way. And he was like, yes, that works for me. And then another example of something where I had to do this kind of Kathleen Turner witch. And then I auditioned. I booked the job. And they wanted it kind of like evil and this like Medusa. But they wanted it like that. You know? And I was like, um, I got them like, oh, we really need her. To, we totally want to switch it up and have her scream and like that and make it. And I said, you know what? And these sessions are always at 9 a.m. Mm. We record SpongeBob at from 2 to 6 always. But this, a lot of these sessions are first thing in the morning. They generally are. Yeah. SpongeBob is a huge exception. And I just said, guys, just I, I'm not able to do that for you. I'm so sorry. And I remember like my heart was pounding. I'm like, oh, my God, the people pleaser in me. I, can't, I just can't do that. And I said, um, and she said, I know it's totally different than what you auditioned with. And I said, I can do this for you. I can do like, you know, I gave him a couple of different options. And I said, I totally get it if you, and so I, if you need me to leave, if you want to recast me on the spot, I'm not offended in any yeah. way. I'm just, I can't, I'm not going to be able to, to work the rest of the week if I do that. And I was like, oh my gosh. But they respected me for being able to to say that for myself and I ended up getting cast as like some reporter, some kind of like Diane Simmons type thing later on in their show. Um, that ended up recurring like in two other episodes. There you go. Great so it just it was good to be able to like you know not blow my not blow my wad um, to 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 just to speak up to because I was like I can't well, because re- you're a pop a node. Yeah. yeah, you have to be loyal to all your projects. You know. Yeah. You can't just like dance monkey dance. Right. Through that. Not bust a chord. <laughs> no, no, bust a nut for that. <laughs> well, let's do first. We do this every podcast. A different first from life. Since you do a lot of stuff with animal rescue and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what was the first rescue animal you adopted? Oh my gosh, the sweet dog named Audrey. Um, my dear friend Jeannie Elias were big animal. I grew up with like all St. Bernards, big big dogs, like mastiffs and and St. Bernards. And I was obsessed with this St. Bernard named Nikki and. Um, th- or that was a dog named uh, no that was a dog named Nikki we got him at, at Christmas time and I remember just crying over him I was like I love him so much so we always grew up with dogs and then I can't remember how it came about but um, I was going through some terrible breakup and weeping and crying and Jeannie was like I have this dog for you she just wandered into my yard and she was like a greyhound pointer mix and she was like I just need you to take her and I just looked in her sad brown eyes and I was like I need to have her you need to bring her over this afternoon and she was super friendly with humans and dogs and then within two weeks she was like fuck you to every other dog (laughs) and human she didn't like anybody but she liked me and that was it and so that was my first doggy as an you know as an adult, yeah. and then I was just devastated when she passed away. She passed away from like cancer of the blood, of the blood vessel. I mean, it was just a horrible Ooh. kind yeah. of cancer. Don't get me started on cancer in animals and over pesticiding, and that's why I think a lot of our pets have, have go because of that reason. And then my second animal was um, like like my serious. He was like my soulmate. Ooh. Was Frankie Frankie Pickles, and. Um, I remember I was so devastated about Audrey that I went to Sedona and I rode this horse. I like booked out the whole sunset ride where you would take a sunset ride to the barn and ride horses. And I rode a horse named Frankie and I was just, and he was cranky like Audrey and he had the same markings as Audrey. And I remember thinking if I, the next dog I get, I'm going to name him or her Frankie. And then I went to the Pasadena Humane Society because everyone, I heard the name Pasadena Humane Society. I'd never heard that rescue like three times in like two weeks and I just one day I just got in the car and went there by myself mm. 
and Frankie was this gorgeous husky shepherd mix with like this beautiful widow's peak and every time I walked by he would like sort of wave like do give me your paw and I was like oh my god that's my dog and by the time that I figured out that that was my dog. I was like wandering around weeping. And that lady was like, are you okay? I'm like, that's my dog. And she goes, okay. But it was like 4.30 in the afternoon. And she said, it's too late. And I was like, devastated. I was so devastated. And so she said, but we have a policy here where you can put them on hold kind of like, and I said like, oh my God, it's like Macy's. You can put them like, it's like a layaway plan. Like it's like a pair of shoes. So I went and got him the next day and he passed away last year. And then, but, but when I rescued him, I think it was like 2002, we lived a long, healthy life. And, um, and then a year after that, I rescued a doggy on the street, uh, a little terrier puppy, uh, on my way to some commercial audition. And, um, the day she was adoptable, I was doing a screen, pl- I was doing a movie during the day and Reefer Madness is great, crazy play during the night. And then, so I couldn't go get her the day she was available. So a dear friend of mine, one of my best, other best friends, Karen, um, she had her rescue friend, Milena, went and got the terrier, and she called me, and she said, she was not dangerous at all, at all, at all. I got her. I'm going to rescue her out, but I got this big, handsome black guy in the back seat, and I was like, oh, great. Is he single? <laughs> and she said, no, it's a dog. Um, she's like, but you're going to take him because I have 11 dogs at home, and you're going to take this guy. And so she brought home to me this beautiful, big, black doggy who was another soulmate of mine. And Aww. He was kissing and wagging his tail, and she, Milena had said that he was um, just so beautiful to the girl next to her um, as she was pulling the little terrier. And uh, she said, good for you. Nobody wants the big black dogs. You know, they always are the hardest to adopt yeah. and rescue. And she said, no, I work here. I'm putting him down. And she said, you stupid, I won't even say it, the C word, give me the dog. So I, that's how I ended up with Frankie's wow. brother, and I named him Harry. Aww. And then he just passed away a couple of months ago. And uh, my dear friend Danny knows that it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make because he had a lot of paralysis issues. Mm. And so um, on my way to do an interview at CN- for CNN for uh, the movie Inside Out, um, I found this little dog. I pulled in to get gas, and there was a sweet little... I've never had a little dog. Boy, I'm a big dog fan, mm. and now I'm a little dog fan. And I found this little guy who was just covered in gasoline at a, ga- oh. at a mobile gas station here in Los Angeles. Oh, my gosh. At, the, at, the, at a mobile station in Beverly Hills, covered in gas from, like, his, I don't know, above his feet all the way down, um, stunk and just riddled with, like, a horrible rash from, like, his neck oh. down to his groin. And I think he was the gas station's dog. And I was like, you can't have a feral dog, yeah. guys, at a gas station on Wilshire Boulevard. And the guys kind of looked to each other. Like, we just called the owner. And they were like sort of Cheech and Chong. And I was like, listen, Cheech, you can't do this here. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have a feral dog. And he's like, and they tied him up and yanked him <gasps> by his neck. And I was like, fuck you. And I just took the dog and put him in the car and kept him at my vet. Got through the Inside Out premiere. And I said, I sent Harry over the Rainbow Bridge. And then... Um, I just I got Bumble the next day Aww. and I named him Bumble. Bumble. My dear friend Tracy helped me name him because he looks like the indomitable snowman dude. Oh my from, gosh! Uh, or oh from the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, yeah. yeah. And that's my new baby. Oh my! He's got horrible separation anxiety, so he takes a little doggy Prozac. Nice. And um, and he's my new baby. Oh, oh, that's great. How about you, yeah. Vanessa? Who was what was yours? I've always had rescue dogs ever since. Forever, um, but when I was little, we got this dog named Buckwheat. But we named her Buckwheat. Oh my gosh! Is that oh, Bumble? this really is Bumble. Bumble is so really cute, cute and does not look like he had a beginning soaked in gasoline. No, because Bumble's he's like been a fluffy, fluffy, happy puppy. Right, and I tweeted a picture out with him because I'm doing something for this uh, dogs that shouldn't be, you know, tortured as they're or should not be not fed and given water as they're on their way to slaughter. Because don't get me started about the animal rights issue movement about, you know, I'm vegan and I, I can't stand that when, you know, they say that animals are, you know, humanely slaughtered and they're grass fed and all that stuff, but on their way to being slaughtered and stuff, humanely, allegedly, they're not given any water food. So I took a picture about this yesterday and tweeted and this guy's like, you're not a vegan if you have a full bread Bichon. And I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Yeah. And I said, first of all, I pulled him out of a pile of gasoline so you can go bleep yourself on Twitter. And then he was like, sorry. And I was like, <laughs> that does, that, how does that not make me an animal activist? How does that not make me People vegan? So I said, you don't know my story. Arms about every- you don't know my story. You don't That's even right. know. You don't know. Uh, so buckwheat. Buckwheat, six mm. years old. Uh, we didn't have a dog at the time. My parents had had an Irish setter that passed away when I was a little younger than that. And then this dog shows up, and she had her tummy busted open. She'd been <gasps> hit by a car. She was like a terrier mix. And so my uncle's a vet. We took him 
we took her to my uncle and he sewed her up and then we were just like taking care of her um you know and then we would like put her at a shelter or something i guess but we fell so in love with buckwheat and she was my soulmate i would get in the doghouse with her and like pretend it was a time machine and she's just my very best friend and we named her buckwheat because she looked like if she could say anything it would just be ote she was like so happy and then to tie into greece she had a like a good healthy life but she died when i was 17 and it was when we were doing or my school was going to do greece and my mom called me at school which i look back and i'm like why did my mom call me at school to tell me that because probably died? she was upset she was so upset i, and I was know. so attached to it. and we had been giving her insulin shots like this poor puppy though and you she was so a good happy, mommy but she was oh it was just a sad end so i got a call at school that buckwheat had passed away and I was crying, but it was the day the cast was announced, and everyone thought I was crying because I wasn't Sandy. But I was Rizzo, and that's what I wanted to be. And I felt so, like, outraged that people would think I would cry over a play when I had just, like, lost my very best friend. I know. And since then, a string of perfect puppies from the pound. I mean, perfectly neurotic, but like, right. perfect. When people when people buy puppies, first of all, they don't know the horror of puppy mills. Yeah. yeah. And when they buy a dog from a store, they have no idea that they're going to get an unhealthy dog. They're going to get a dog an that's overbred. been... An overbred dog that's just been overbred and overbred and that they're going to kill end up killing the mother yeah um that's just been used as a you know a baby making machine and that they're going to be treated like shit and that puppy mills they never get to they just are they're in these wire cages where they just get to pee and poop um and that's about it and then they kill off all the boy dogs and that just it's just that that's the truth of puppy mills and dogs there at stores that doggy in the window and that the they're incredibly that unhealthy profit <laughs> and not healthy yeah. and will die young so adopt don't shop adopt don't shop that's right yeah for me it was i've never had dogs i've had cats my entire life so um personally Meow. yeah i love my kitties uh sydney and vaughn were my cats that i've got when they're eight weeks old now they're nine years old they're we so got them from sweet. the at a pet fair but it was the downey shelters booth and good so. for you from rescuing from downey that's yeah. a terrible kill shelter high yeah. kill yeah. shelter well, downey because it, it was weird it's like we went and we looked at all these other you know cats of this thing yeah. and every single one was like well it's a hundred and whatever dollars we got to get like written permission from your landlord and i was like can we can you please just give us cats yeah. like we will take <laughs> care of them and then we went to the downey thing and they were like how much are they and they're like oh they're thirty dollars they've had all their shots they're microchipped or whatever great do you need a permission we're the downy shelter yeah, right, but do you need, please we're the downy shelter right, please yeah. take some we took them right there and it was great but before that when i with my family i've had cats in the entire life the one i remember was we went to the to a pound in davis which is where, where my family is and picked out a cat there that we named noel because we got her around christmas time Aww. but the real reason that we named her that was because we were trying to think of a name on the drive home and i saw like one of those light up noel signs that somebody had put up as a christmas decoration i said hey let's name her leon like, what why did that i was like that's noel backwards leon like right. oh, noel and i was like all right whatever i'll call her leon <laughs> uh, but that was noel which is a great great cat Maine Coon Aww. cat which my i love Maine Coons are beautiful my parents are obsessed with them they constantly get Maine Coons. um beautiful so cats. she's buried in the backyard she's a little plaque back in davis which is really cute i have my dog's ashes like with their pictures and they guard the house and then since harry died I have just not been the same. Like I did some like when my when my when Audrey died, I did grief counseling, mm-hmm. um, and I went to Sedona and like had a breakdown. And then when I when Frankie died, it was in the middle of this horrible breakup. Like I just it just it's they're your kids, they're yeah. your family. And then when Harry was going through all of his various treatments, I felt like oh my god, if I had a human child, like I wouldn't be going through this. And what was so comforting. He was seeing so many specialists, and I would see all these people there. I'm going to get emotional, but I would see all these people there with their human kids, and then I didn't feel so ridiculous. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you guys have, you know what I mean? You have yeah. children and a child. You don't have more than one, right? No, just one. That's right. Um, and you would see people there, and my dear friend Danny has, you have Crosby, right? And two daughters, and you feel the same way, right? I mean, you know, you just, they're your, they're your other kids. Yeah. And I imagine that your two daughters consider Crosby their other sibling. And so, um, you know, it's just, there is no, there's no grief quite like that because they're just there to love you and serve you. And they don't need a college tuition. Um, so they don't speak to Unless you. They don't they're have really they're just smart. so innocent right. and like just good. Yeah. Right. And Lori, your Twitter, you do tweet a lot about animal stuff too. Yeah. If they follow you, they yeah. can find other. Lori Allen won the numeral one. Yeah. Because Lori Allen was taken. One. No, because you're number <laughs> Yay, one. Yay, team. All right, well, let's do uh, my questions. This is the thing we like to do when we have voice actors on is a character quiz. So I'm going to interview a couple of your different characters. Let's ask you some questions. Okay, good. So this first uh, three questions are for Pearl Krabs. Hi, Pearl. Ah, 
Hi. <laughs> Girl, what's your ideal night out? Uh, my ideal night out would be taking some maybe um, creams and nail polishes with my best girlfriends or maybe painting up Spongebob. That would be really fun to dress him up and stuff like that with some new underpants. Maybe some pink underpants. <laughs> that does sound good. Uh, what's your favorite guilty pleasure food? Um, Burl? Yeah. yeah. Oh, pizza. Definitely pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> A little more for Pearl. Where would you love to vacation if you could go anywhere? Oh, uh, maybe the mall. I have to say my favorite place is the mall. I don't know. Can't think of any other place at the mall. Or maybe I would have some other island that I would just live at with all my girlfriends. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next uh, couple questions are for Diane Simmons from Family Guy. Sure. Uh, Diane, what's the best kind of news story to cover? Anything having to do with musical theater, I think the best thing I ever did was my Quahog production of The King and I. Mm. Actually, it's great because this actually ties into this question for you. What role would you love to play on Broadway? Maybe the witch in Wicked. Mm. It's a good role, good role. Because I can sing. Much Which witch? Uh, Glinda. Mm. I know that's against typing. It's not uh, the, the type that you would see me in. But Tom always talks about my menstrual cycle instead of my musical theater talent. So... <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what I'd like to do. And what's your favorite thing about your co-anchor, Tom? He's well hung. Hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, uh, and this is for the boss from Metal Gear. Yes. Uh, what makes a good soldier? I can say that he's well hung. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be loyal. Very, very loyal. Loyal to the end. Great. What would you do on shore leave if you were given a weekend away from your service? I would find that new diamond dog, and I would make sure that he's never chained up again. Mm. Nice. What's your favorite kind of music? Hmm. Maybe some kind of crazy rock sugar music from my dear friend Jess Harnell to keep me going in battle all day long, implanted into my head. That would be good. That would be good. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Well done. Woo! Now, Vanessa's questions are very different than mine. Okay. Yes. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? <laughs> no, but their eyes bulge together and I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. That's the whole point. <laughs> wouldn't it be magical? Okay. Um, you've angered, no, you've pleased a wizard, and he's giving you a choice between two sort of situations. Either you live for two years as the invisible woman, but in the real world, or you live for two years as the boss. Wait, say it again. So the wizard is giving you these two options. Mm-hmm. You retain your, your like, uh, worldly goods. You know, and your life and the people in your life. But for two years, you are either living as the invisible woman or you are living as the boss. I think I would definitely live as the invisible woman, Sue Storm. Ooh, yeah. I love Sue Storm because I could be invisible and then I could live forever and nobody would really know it. Plus, I have all these special powers. How, could, what do you think you would do first as her? I would stretch Reed, my husband, out forever because he could wrap around me and protect me. Oh, <laughs> how sensual. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Clearly, I must be horny today. Sorry. <laughs> well, we've talked about John Hammond. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's the problem. Okay. We're all worked yes. up now. We get it. Mary, murder, make love with SpongeBob, Patrick, and Peter Griffin. Wait, Mary, murder, make love. I Am I supposed to each? Oh, put each yeah, one yeah, of those? You're, you're okay. so polite. It's fuck, Mary, kill. Come on. Yeah, that's the game. Oh, wait. Mary, <laughs> wait, say them again. Mary, Mary murder, make love. Fuck, Mary, kill. <laughs> SpongeBob, Patrick, Peter Griffin. Uh... I could never kill Stewie. Wait, I have to look at the question. I have to mm-hmm. see it in front of my face here. Mary, okay. Um, um, maybe I'd want to marry Peter Griffin because he—he's oddly very loyal. Mm-hmm. He just is. He just—he's such a good guy, even though he's got a little like ADD, like I do. Um, you know, maybe I would have to murder um, Peter. Uh oh. No, 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 no. I can't. I, I can't. Oh, this is such a hard question. No. Oh my gosh. This is why I'm very. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I would have to murder Peter Griffin. Okay. I'd have to murder Peter Griffin um, because he's not that loyal, um, and because his ADD bothers me as much as mine. Okay. Then I would uh, marry. Patrick, because he makes me laugh so much. Aww. And then I would just have to make love as Pearl or Lori to, spend, uh, to Tom oh, Kenny. Oh, you, honey. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> now that's, oh, that's right. I'm me. Yeah. So you're yeah. And I love Tom. And Jill, Jill wouldn't mind. Jill Talley's wife wouldn't mind. She'd be like, I get it. It was, she, a, yeah. it was a tough situation. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, 
Now, this is a wink. I hear they're making a Pixar movie called Dog, and you're playing the main dog, who you've described as your absolute dream character. Any details about your breed, heritage, or personality? It's just all made up. Oh. So you get to oh. kind of create your own uh, dream dog character. Oh, I see. Um, oh, my gosh. It would have to be a mix of a greyhound and a husky. Ooh. And, uh, and a chow. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming either. But I think, and the voice would be this kind of dopey, like loyal, like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And we give lots of kisses. Oh, what's your name? Um, oh, my God. My first love of my, the first love dog I ever had was Snoopy. I was, like, obsessed. Every Snoopy. My mom used to sew the head on my Snoopies when I'd come home until I was, like, 18. I think Snoopy's kind of taken by a current dog character. I know. <laughs> Um, I'd see what would, would the be a name bold be? Move, though, for Pixar to make Snoopy the movie, and Snoopy looks they nothing just do, like they make Snoopy it like Snoopy. Oh, Snoopy. yeah, Snoopy. I think it might just be like it might just be like something just so loyal, like like Danny or or Sammy or Pooch. I don't know. Pooch. It might the be movie. just like it might be like might be like Buddy or Mind or something so incredibly unoriginal like Whitney that. Forever. Yeah. Oh. Or forever. Oh, forever. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, my gosh. I would watch the movie Forever about a dog. Yes, always. forever. Let's just make that hashtag. Okay. That's yeah. that. Ooh, and what if, the, what if the plot was that it's the one dog that life expectancy is like a thousand years? Oh, yes. And if I had one it. wish, that's what I would wish. all its owners and constantly. That would be pretty good. Yeah, like tells that. the story of the children it knew before. Yep. Copyright 2015. Laura <laughs> That's Hillary. right. There you go. Yep. Uh, well, Laura, you made it all the way through. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter. We That's right. That. Lori Allen 1. Lori Allen 1. Lori Allen 1. We're on there as well. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and thanks for being here, Lori. Thanks so Yay. much for having me, you guys. Thanks for coming. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.